So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast where we teach you how to grow your photography business if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog posts check out sixfigurephotography.com now here's your host ben hartley Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. I am your faithful host, Ben Hartley. Hey, holding on the fort here in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, look, thank you so much for being here. The entire reason that this podcast exists is to help you grow your business. And really, look, even behind that, so much of this is about providing value first uh, to people. And today's guest actually did this for, for me, and I'm excited to kind of tell you guys a brief story about it. Um, but Bertie Griffiths is here with us today on this show. He is the author um, of Success Secrets of a Professional Photographer. You may have seen him on the Photo Biz X podcast talking about Facebook ads over there with Andrew. You guys, the thing that I love about Bernie, and, and this is what I continually talk about as, as we're trying to figure out um, how to better, um, well, really how to better build your business is to show up first, to provide value first. It was so great. I love Bernie's personal touch when he reached out to actually inquire about being on the podcast, you guys. It is, I'm, I'm telling you this story because I want you to get an understanding of, of his intentionality. He actually created a video. Like after we had a brief conversation through email, he created a, this fantastic video. I think he was just maybe, Bernie, you'll have to explain, but I think you're maybe just at a, uh, it looked like maybe a hotel lobby, but he's created a video where he actually did the research, took a look at the website, took a look at the content, researched you guys, who the audience was, and made a personalized video and sent it over to me just saying thank you, just saying that he's excited and and, and commenting on a few of the different things um, that, that the six-figure photography audience has already been a part of. And, um, and it got me excited to bring him on the show, you guys. Without further ado, please welcome Bernie Griffiths. Bernie, thank you for being here, man. Yeah, great, Ben. Gee, you're pumped this morning, aren't you? You've, you've had, <laughs> Look, had too many coffees, huh? Maybe too, too many. This, <laughs> yeah, is, this is my third cup. Uh, <laughs> look, Bernie, it's, it's uh, when people get around me, they're like, oh, this isn't even about the coffee. This is just you. you. And, yeah, and it work. is very real. It is very real. Bernie, where are you out of today? I believe when we spoke last, you were in New York. Are you still in New York? Yes, yeah, still in New York. Uh, loving it. Uh, very fortunate. Very privileged. I have a daughter who lives in New York, who lives and works. Been, she's been here for three years. I, I have a son-in-law who also works in New York. And uh so we're getting free accommodation in their apartment on Sixth Avenue there, right in the center of things. And nice. uh, yeah, my wife and I are here for five weeks. Uh, we're visiting a client uh, tomorrow in North Carolina. 
Um, so, yeah, we, we get around a lot uh, from our home base, which is in Melbourne, in Australia. There. Yeah. Nice. Well, what are you occupying your time with mostly? Is it is it mostly leisure while you're there in New York? Are you just enjoying uh, spending time with your family, or yeah. are you are you kind of hustling on the side here? All, all of the above. Um, yeah, I do have a lot of Skype sessions, um, which I um, cluster just in three days: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Those normally run through the day when I'm in Australia, but here the evening so they sort of start at five and they're back to back so five six seven eight nine ten eleven so i finish about midnight yeah so fantastic i, I want to dive into a little bit more uh, about kind of your your skype sessions that you do here uh a little bit later in the episode but when we first started talking bernie i was i was kind of pushing you here to give me a little bit of insight something kind of fun, a fun story an anecdote if you will that i could use to introduce you and um and you shared a story with me and then i was like i probably shouldn't start the episode with that it might set things off on the wrong foot and yet i'm gonna go back to it because i can't forget it you guys I was asking Bertie and Bertie starts telling me the story. He's like, Oh man, a fun story of my past. You know what? Here's a good one. I once missed a wedding, completely missed it. I thought it was on Sunday. I showed up on Sunday and it turns out it happened the day before. Bernie, I need you to tell us more about this story. Uh, to, I, I, I feel like I set it up and maybe I missed anything. Feel free to correct me. Um, but tell us more about the story and what on earth did you do? Yeah, it, an interesting story. Um, I was I had a wedding portrait studio uh, for uh, forty years, and uh, in Melbourne, and um, uh, built it up from the ground ground up. And uh, we did a lot of weddings, and I mean a lot. Now, nowadays, I hear about uh, photographers doing weddings and they do thirty, forty a year. That's not a lot. We did nearly two hundred, and so we were. Um, we were still high-end, although we did a lot of volume. That's when weddings were really big, right? So um, I had this down in my diary for the Sunday, and, and uh, on Sunday I, uh, I played soccer in the morning and then I had the wedding in the afternoon, so I'd got all my change of gear and I was going to go back to the studio and change. And the first thing I did when I went in the studio was just place the – press the button for the messages on my tape because, you know, mob, mobile phones then, and there were messages left. So the first message said, Hi, this is the priest at St. Andrew's Church. The bride is very disappointed that you haven't shown up to the wedding. Oh, no. So my heart, my stomach sort of dropped. I felt really sick. So another message, Hi, this is the priest again. The bride is leaving the church, and she's very upset that you haven't shown up to photograph her wedding. <sighs> what would you do? This is the question. What would you do? You've missed the day. I checked, yeah. I checked the card. I checked my details. I had got Sunday on it. I hadn't actually got Sunday. That was the point I'll tell you about in a minute. I'd actually just got the date and not the day. So feeling very sick, and the way to confront any sort of uh, complaint is to confront it straight away. So the first thing I did, I went to the information, bride's home, I phoned up the bride's home. The brother answered. I said, hi, I'm Bernie. I was supposed to photograph the wedding yesterday. He said, yes, I know. 
and she's very, very upset about it, but they're on the honeymoon at present. So I said, well, uh, can you please, please, uh, when you talk to her, pass on, you know, my how sorry I am and I feel sick in the stomach, but what I'm going to do today, I'm going to write a check out, I'm going to refund all of the money, and please, can you ask them when they get back from the honeymoon to contact me? So what do you think happened? Uh, look, I don't know. I like this could go any number of ways. <laughs> Correct. But I never heard from that bride and groom again. Sure. So what I did with a complaint, I, I took action straight away. I refunded the money, sent it that posted it that night, sent it to the bride and groom. And I never heard from them. So that was a good result, sort of. It's, well, about about the best result you could hope for. Like, uh, well, you yeah, know, it, it they is- didn't they didn't come after me or anything or, or whatever. So, but I think it's the way I handled it that facilitated that. You know, and that's the important thing I learned. So, whenever uh, you know you make a mistake in your business, it's always I always reflect how can I make sure that never happens again? And so for me, it was that at the time when I was getting the details, I was asking the bride and groom, so what's the wedding date? And I was writing it down, right? Where are you leaving from? What's your address? And and from that day on and for thereafter, I always gave them the form and got them to write their details there. And the other thing I introduced was putting a day. So, if I'd have put the right day, maybe I'd have gotten it right. You know what I mean? But if you just got the 6th of March or the 7th of March, it's just not quite enough. So from that day, it was always Saturday, the 2nd of March, etc. So that was just an interesting thing. I mean, when you've been around as long as I have, you have a lot of things happen to you, right? You know, yeah, when you're photographing a wedding and you've got your, your camera on the tripod and using a Hasselblad and you've got to slide it into the, uh, the, the the quick release thing and it falls on the floor and smashes, you have to learn how to handle that, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so oh, and talking about that, uh, talking about experiences and, and just about learning, uh, one of my early experiences is when we used to shoot 120 film with uh, a Rolleiflex, twin, twin lens Rolleiflex. And I remember that a bride, this is one of my early experiences, right, arriving at the church, she gets out of the car. So I just, just got to change film, right? I only got 12 exposures. You have to change film regularly. Wind on. Now, with a Rolleiflex, you wind on. And it's supposed to lock for the first exposure. It didn't lock. It just wound the film right through. Just kept going. So, all right, all right, won't be a minute. Next one kept right through. It didn't lock, so I couldn't take any photos. Guess what? I hadn't got a spare camera. So I said to the bride, look, uh, I'll have to go and get a spare (laughs) camera. (laughs) Well, this is funny on reflection, right? It wasn't funny at the time, and I was quite young, but I was learning very quickly. And uh, I went to a a mate's place, uh, a photographer that I knew, and he happened to be in, and I got another camera, and I caught everything up at the reception. So I missed all of that uh, in between. 
But mm-hmm. at least I fronted it. I said, okay, let's do the family photos first and let's do this. And that it was okay. So, you know, it's, it's what you do. It's how you handle it. That's the most important thing, as you know, in your business. Because business can be tough sometimes. You can get into these predicaments. And what you learn is uh, how to get out of them. And, and that helps you grow, you know, makes you a, a, a better business person. So, yeah, a few, yeah absolutely. a few things have happened, yeah. But it's been, yep, absolutely. it's always fun. <laughs> Bernie, I have, I've got a question for you, Bernie. Uh, here's a question. I hopped on Skype right before a conversation yeah. and I saw a post, you have a quote underneath your Skype name and it said this, your success is my success. Mm. Tell me what you mean by that. Well, obviously, uh, being a photography business coach, I have to see, have to see success in the photographers who I coach. So when they succeed, I succeed. When they celebrate uh, that large sale or that, uh, you know, uh, record number of uh, portrait uh, sessions in a week, I celebrate. So uh, that's my success is seeing them succeed and nothing gives me more pleasure. I totally agree. And this is one of those things too, that I, you know, I see this uh, pushback a lot. There's a, um, man, how do I put this? You know, uh, sometimes I'll get an email that hits my inbox that says, you know, it's, it's this disbelief that like, really you're gonna, you're gonna go share all your secrets with somebody else. That way they can win and put you out of business. Or are you just going to try to take my money? Like it's this mentality of, of skepticism that like, that there aren't people out there who actually want to see other people win that that you and I actually find value in seeing other people win. And not only that, but candidly too, Bernie, you and I know this, we both, we both win when other people win. Like the fact that the industry elevates that, clients are receiving a better experience, that people are able to um, see their worth more and then in turn provide greater value. And then the end result of that is they make more money means that that's the exact same result that you and I will continue to receive. Um, it's such a, it's a, it's a challenging thing. I think to people for, for them to wrap their heads around, what do you, um, what do you have to say? I mean, do you have any other uh, kind of thoughts on that whole concept right there? Um, I suppose you'd always get the cynics around, those that mistrust, those who aren't sure, those who are negative. Well, those people are those people. And we're not about those people, are we, Ben? We're about those that want to succeed. <laughs> we, want, we want, you want, I want a good tribe. You know, we want yeah. the photographers that are really passionate, want to grow their business, are willing to, to listen to experience and, and, and do and do, and not those that try and drag us down. We, we walk away from those and, uh, and move towards those we want. And exactly the same as you do when you're, you're choosing your customers. And I say choosing your customers because that's one of the keys of success nowadays is you choose your customers. Your customers don't choose you. You can get your leads, but you have to sort those leads out to say yes, I'll have you, I'll have you. I don't want you. You just said you got no money. I don't want you. You said you just bought a new house and you can't afford anything. I don't want. So it's a matter of that. And we, we do that as well. And I do that uh, when I select people that I want to coach. I choose them. They, they don't choose me. 
Can we talk about that for a minute? Because I imagine that there is a photographer listening right now that is saying, well, that's well and good, Bernie and Ben, when you have, you know, an established business and you have leads pouring into the door that you have, you know, this, we'll say luxury to to pick and choose. What do you say to the person who says, but Bernie, I I can't afford that. Like I need to pay the bills. You don't understand. I've got to keep this thing afloat. I told someone that I was going to do this thing and, and provide for them. They're trusting me. I can't afford to just pick and choose. Do you have any advice for that photographer? You cannot afford but to pick and choose. You have to. If you want to work with time wasters, if you want to waste your time, that's fine, but that's not the way you build a business. You have to learn how to. It's one of the keys of success nowadays. It's what I teach, uh, you know, all the photographers that I coach is, is working on that. And it's, it's hard sometimes to turn a customer away to say no, but you have to learn to do that. Yeah. It's, it is a very, <laughs> it's a very challenging thing. Um, I agree with you. There's also the side of me that, that does get practical at times. I think that, um, you get to, I think that it always needs to be at the forefront of your mind and you always need to be moving in that direction. Um, and yet, man, I, I look back at my life when I very first started and my wife and I were just out of college, just like completely burdened with, um, with debt and student loans. And we're just like in our one bedroom apartment trying to figure this out. And there's also the practical side that sometimes you, you may need to take a gig that, that at least um, gets you by that month. Um, Or you may need to work uh, a serving job during the day and then work your tail off at night. You know, I think one of the best pieces of advice that I've heard, you know, when you're in that situation of, of, of struggling to start and getting those leads in the door is to, to get a job that pays the bills that that allows you to do essentially the bare minimum yeah, yeah. <laughs> to to bring in the money to pay the bills, and then you work your okay. tail off and only do exactly what you just said. Only serve your ideal clients, and it's slower, yeah. and it and and the process isn't going to necessarily bring in a ton of abundance up front in the business. But that way, you're building a foundation for your business. That is exactly what you're describing. That's your ideal client. That's serving the people that you want to serve. That's that's bettering your life, and yet it's also still solving the practical problem. Uh, of, of the, you know, the kids need to eat. Um, and so, you know, there's uh, just to push back slightly, I totally agree. And yet, man, I still, I look at, I, I, I remember the fear in my heart back in that time. And, uh, it's hard. I just want to empathize. It's hard. Yeah. It was fear, but it was excitement, right? Sure. It's, it's fear as, uh, but it's exciting. And you, you come into this to do that. You, you come into this to have new challenges uh, to grow yourself, because as, as they say, you'll never, you have to, your business will never grow bigger than you grow. So you have to grow. As you grow, your business grows. It's very interesting what you, what you say, because I've seen this one particular photographer I mentored, and he started at five star. That's very hard to do. In other words, when he started his business, he wanted to be immediately the most expensive and the best. So Mm -hmm. he set himself up as that, and that's the way he went through his career. He made a lot of money. He, he, You know, he moved from a studio in Sydney, one in San Francisco, that I came over and opened for him and did a couple of weddings in the Napa Valley for him. And so we – 
and and he retired at forty years of age, right? Yeah, it's and, incredible. And uh, in fact, he retired because the photography business. What they say about photography business is you won't get rich from a photography business, but you will get rich by the cash flow that it brings you. So he bought a lot of properties, and and now mm. he just services properties, and they just bring him in- income, so he doesn't have to work per se. But he started as five star. Now he created a, he got a house and he, he renovated it. So it looked five star. Now, when you're starting off and you don't have anything, and I coach photographers who don't have anything, they don't have a converted lounge room or garage where they run the business from, they actually have nothing except a camera. That's pretty hard. You can't go in there and start charging high prices. You have to grow. So, the way you grow, obviously, there are various ways you can do that. You can shoot in people's homes, go back and do the in-person sales. You can put the photographs online. Uh, th- there are many ways, but it's a lot harder, isn't it, starting there? The thing about what, I, what, what frustrates me is when photographers start a business, they don't put any money in. Like you go out there and you go into any cafe, any restaurant, and you look around and you go, wow, this must have cost thousands to fit this shop out. So yeah. photographers don't tend to do that. They, they, they start with nothing. So their expectation may be, may be a little bit too high to start off with. So they should really push hard in the first, you know, six to 12 months. All right, you guys, I, I got to uh, interrupt for a hot second here and just pause to thank uh, one of the big supporters of the SFP podcast, if that's okay. I want to give a big shout out to FreshBooks. So look, the internet has changed everything. You and I are walking examples of this. Like the fact that we are self-employed, uh, that we run our own business, you guys, is is incredible. The ability to be more mobile, more autonomous, uh, more connected. Look, one in three Americans are self-employed. By 2020, that's probably going to be like 40%. All that to be said, though, the world was not built for self-employment. Like so many institutions, banks, retirements, um, like insurance, my gosh, insurance, accounting, um, it wasn't built for self-employment. And so thankfully, there are other companies that are stepping up to the plate, right? They're stepping up to innovate and to provide a solution uh, for you and I, really, for freelancers, for small business owners. You guys, this is FreshBooks. Fresh FreshBooks has stepped up to the plate to fill this void, to provide this service for you guys. They've got an all new version. It's been completely redesigned from the ground up, custom built for exactly the way that you work. This is the simplest way to be more productive, more organized, uh, and I guess most importantly, to, to get paid more quickly, right? It's not just uh, ridiculously easy to use. It has so many features um, for uh, for invoicing, like just to, to create a custom invoice in less than 30 seconds, uh, to get online payments out the door within just a couple of uh, clicks, uh, get paid four days faster. And then a really cool feature too, in regards to these invoices and sending this out is you get to track it. You get to monitor when your client has seen the invoice. uh, And it just really puts an end to that guessing game of when is the money coming in. You guys, FreshBooks is offering a 30 day full free trial to you guys, to the listeners of the SFP audiences. And as I say this, this is a full trial. There's no like limits to it. Uh, Here's what you need to do to claim it. You need to go to freshbooks.com backslash photography. 
and then enter six figure photography, all caps, S-I-X for six, six figure photography. And how did you hear about a section? I'll get links right down below for you guys. Okay, let's hop back into the interview. Yeah, so let's talk about this. You know, I, I want to I want to make sure that we use the time that you're giving us valuably, and not that it hasn't been at all. But I I would be remiss if I didn't start getting into some really poignant questions because you have so much experience and wisdom uh, and knowledge uh, that I'm excited to ask questions about. Because look, you do just countless mentoring yes. sessions over 4,000 hours yeah. of like mentoring sessions. And so, um, I, I guess I want to ask some questions and maybe I'll start broad and we'll kind of focus in as, as we talk about things that I think are poignant yeah. for the audience. Um, but after 4,000 hours of, of coaching photographers, what are some problems that you continually see photographers having? What are some patterns that you've recognized? Um, the main problem, of course, is what's inside their head. Um, mm. It's all about mindset. It's all about belief. Um, I think one of the things that holds a lot of photographers back as well um, is photographers get very um, too emotional and too involved with their customers. They really have to. You really have to separate yourself from the customer. A lot of photographers in my Skype sessions love to talk about customer experiences, uh, you know, like, oh, I had this family in yesterday. Oh, boy, were they difficult. Mm -hmm. I had the two-year-old. And I'm going, hmm, but that's, that's not what we should be talking about. We should be talking about your business. So they get a little bit hung up. In my business, when I started, I quickly grew my business. So I was doing a lot of volume. I was doing 40 portrait sessions a week and the sales. So I had to, I couldn't dwell on each customer. Like how, how could I remember the first customer on Monday morning, you know, when it came to Friday. So all I did was put them into a process. So they went in that end, they went through the process and it's sort of like the McDonald's principle. It's pretty easy to visualize that. Uh, lead generation, you get customers in, you put them through the process. Don't get emotional about your customers. And that's one of the things I think that holds a lot of photographers back. They, they, they take too much um, um, input in, in the, the experience and, and they talk about the customers all the time. Business is not about the customers. It's about you. It's about you running your business. It's not about the customers. Can you explain that more? Well, you have to have rules of, rules of engagement, right, when you're running a business. Like every good business has the rules of engagement. They do processes this way, this way, this way, this way, this way. And the problem I find with a lot of photographers starting off is they twist and turn to each customer's whim. Like because of that fear, they don't want to turn a customer away. But you should learn to do that. I'm... I'm I was speaking to someone this week and I said, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to call it a, a very simple title called The Art of Getting Rid of Customers because <laughs> it's an art, you know, of knowing who you want, who you don't want. And, that, and if you can do that, as I said earlier, then your business will grow a lot, a lot quicker. So that's one of the problems. You get a little bit hung up in the, in the customer experience. Yeah, give them a good experience. Yeah, have fun. I loved it with the camera in my hand. I was a different person. I can give people a great experience, 
Um, but I can also um, um, have a process to take money out of the pocket as well. Sure. It's, uh, it sounds like what, a lot of what you're talking about is actually similar to concepts in like Michael Gerber's book, E-Myth. Exactly like Are that. you familiar? Exactly like that. Yeah. He, he asks the question, the whole book is about one question. Like, why do you want a small business? And the answer is, yes. so you can sell it. And it, it doesn't mean that you will. What he means is you've got something saleable. You've, you've created something, you've created processes that are saleable so that if you decide to sell it and someone says, yeah, I'm looking at buying your business, you can say, well, there's the manual. This is all you have to do, step by step by step. And I've built that manual with my business. So I had scripts, how to answer the phone. How, when you do a wedding couple interview, what you said, um, all these processes, key letter one, key letter two, what you give them, when you give them, how to respond to um, you know, the, the hard questions, uh, can I go home and think about it? How do you respond to that? How do you respond to, oh, I'll have to talk to my husband uh, and all of that. So I built up that manual uh, and that's what you have to do. That's about building a business. And things can change as well. You can change your processes because early on you have to learn to tweak it a little bit here, tweak there. But if you can start to write things down and build your manual, you have then something to sell because then it's just a process that anyone can do. And it's not connected to you. So much of what we do, and this has to do with the relational aspect, is it's so the business is on our shoulders and it's and it's directly tied to me and my voice and how I do things. And it's and then so often it's even our name. It's literally the name. Not that you can't sell your name. You can at the end uh, if you if you build up a process that's disconnected from your name. Um, and so you're absolutely right. We, we went through this transition when I really kind of discovered this in, I guess it was 2013 is when we moved to style and story and made this yeah. pivot of stepping away from everything being wrapped up in, in me and what I had to have my hand on and really step back and, and start to create these processes. And the great news is this, look, all things aside, Bernie, you know, this, like, even if you don't sell the business, you will become far more uh, efficient, not just with your time. So you'll be able to get more done because now you've got the canned responses, you've got everything built out, but also you become far more efficient uh, in the service that you're going to be able to provide and consistent in the service. So now it's no longer one client comes through and they get you on a good week when, when you're able to have all the time in the world and really have the personal touch and do all this stuff. And then the next person comes through and it's busy season and they get uh, the, the C version of you because you're just too tied up in time. Now, every single client who comes to the door will receive the same experience because it's it has a process behind it. And process doesn't mean it's void of heart. It just means that the heart leads the process mm. in front. Um, anyhow, I love it, man. I absolutely love it. I, this is this is something that I haven't had the opportunity to talk about much on on the podcast. I, I almost I just want to stay here yeah, and keep for, going. For example, if, if I, I've got a studio, right? We employed five part time photographers. So we had to have processes for those photographers that when they went on the wedding, they replicated what I did as close as they could. So that means we had a list of different poses or shots to take throughout the wedding. Now, remember in those days, uh, we were using uh, medium format film and we used to take for a whole wedding throughout the day up to the uh, simulated cake cutting at the beginning of the reception, we used to take 
uh, normally 12 rolls of film, which was uh, 144 photographs, right? For the whole wedding, 144. Now, I had a list. I had a list that the photographer had to shoot, and there was 101 photographs on that list. The difference is that that list was designed for the album in mind, so the end product was in mind because we could build that album so the first photograph was one with the bride on Ron. You flip the page, you got the bride with mum, bride with dad, two five sevens, opposite, a 10 by 10 with bride with mum and dad, flip the page. And so we shot for the album. So it was a process. So that's, that's why I could have five other photographers shoot for me. And admittedly, my sales, when I shot the weddings, were bigger, but there's a reason for that, and that's because I took the first booking, so that means the couples that booked earlier had more desire and want, if you know what I mean, than those that booked later and got the other photographers. But there, there wasn't a problem with me saying, you know, I wasn't doing the wedding. As long as the – and the reason there wasn't a problem there, and because I think there's some people who are like, no, there would be a problem. Yeah, I know. Like yeah. if they think about it in their own world is because they're so – um, the, the experience and the value that they give is all tied up into them and who they are as a person. Yes, and it's exactly. not about exactly. the brand. Uh, and it's not about the process. And look, you can give it a, the, a, a client an amazing experience because of the process that they go through. They fall in love with the process. They fall in love with the brand instead of you. Uh, which isn't, it, it, it's, that can be amazing. That can be absolutely amazing. And it allows you to grow and allows you to serve more people. Um, anyhow, but that, man. Yeah, Do, but, Bernie, so yeah, but, go, but, go but ahead. That's what I'm saying. You know, how, how is it that this friend of mine can run a studio in Sydney and in San Francisco because of processes? Um, yeah, so it's very important. And as you say, it is the only sort of way to grow. And, and the problem with photographers, I suppose, when they're starting off, they're it. And they are solopreneurs, you know, they do everything themselves. But to expand, and I've done this with a few photographers where they expand and they have to get staff to do things, then they start to realize. I remember I went to a seminar many years ago and at the lunch break, the, the presenter said, I want you to phone up the studio and say to whoever answers, answers the phone, say, I'm going away for two months. Is that okay? <laughs> so, well, if it's a recording that answers the phone, you haven't got a business because what the point they were trying to make is <laughs> you have a business if you can do that because that's why you try and create a business so you can do what you want to, live the life you want to, have the time off, go travel, whatever you want to do, have the money. That's why uh, you create the business for that freedom. So my mate phoned his studio in Sydney because we're in Melbourne, and he said, I'm going away for two months. And the girls there said, yeah, that's fine. We'll see you when you get back. He's got, he had a business, and he did have three months of the year. He had a boat. He used to cruise the Sundays, and he used to travel to wherever he wanted, really. So he had a business where he didn't have to be there. He did have to be there to photograph the weddings that were booked, but these were pretty high-end weddings, you know, with a $10,000 average sale. So – yeah, it's interesting. And, and 
that's what I'm saying. If you want to grow, if, if the photographers out there are listening are, are really are serious about this, and you've got to change that, that mindset, that mindset. And I want to talk about that real quick, Bernie, because this has been – a, I am continually in in this uh, in this change. I haven't uh, I haven't reached. I haven't completely uh, adjusted um, this mindset. I still have self limiting beliefs, but I, I almost wanted to address a couple that I realized mm-hmm. I had, um, and I didn't quite put my finger on it until recently. So, look uh, here at Stalin's story. Um, you know, there have there, it started off with mm-hmm. just my wife and I. Anyhow, we brought on. Uh, another photographer, Ben, uh, and then Steven, there's been three of us. And I continually always said, even with three of us, that I didn't want to grow any bigger than that because I just wanted to, I wanted to keep it small and just us and like a tight knit ship. And that's how I wanted it. I didn't want to grow and be this big company and yada, yada, yada. And I said all that. And I realize now, you know, this year we've made a huge shift. We've, we've doubled in size and, and it's simply because I, A, invested in myself and invested mm-hmm. into a coach and realized that the only reason I actually had that belief was to protect myself. It was a self-limiting belief that I gave myself because I feared that I, it, it would just get too hard and I wouldn't be able to manage and I, and I couldn't actually do it. And the only reason I was successful because I was a big fish <laughs> in a small pond and what happens when I step out into a bigger pond, you know what I mean? And it was interesting just recognizing that I, the only reason I did that was because I was afraid of failure. And, um, and it wasn't until I actually invested into a, an actual coach who, uh, I started to unlock some of the stuff and this is me, dude, this is me after being three years in on the six figure yeah, photography yeah. podcast and I'm still growing and I'm still learning. And so this conversation with you, man, I just want to say thank you because it's challenging to me and it's continuing to open me up. Um, to this, but the the understanding you have to be. Change. Look, it's it's what I say, and, and there are leaders and there are followers, right? What do you want to be? Join a lead. Join a lead. Sure. It's, you know, my analogy is simple. It's it, uh, you can ask this question to any of your friends or whatever. Um, there's a big parade coming down the street. Brass band. There's thousands of people watching. Where are you in this scene? Where are you? Mm-hmm. Where are you? Where are you now? Well, even as you as you describe this, have you seen the movie um, Hugh Jackman, uh, The Greatest Showman? Uh, not yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I recommend it. Anyhow, that's I, like the, the well, uh, different analogy, but the yeah. one later. Yeah, uh, I absolutely see myself. A lot of people from. will see themselves as the spectators watching. Oh, a lot no, will not say, me, I'm, sma- I'm yeah, a red blazer right in the front. guy <laughs> tossing the baton in the air, right? You're leading the show. I know, I know. You can. And why, why couldn't you? Why shouldn't you? I think there's actually a lot of resistance even to, to admitting that. I think a lot of people don't want to admit that because they feel like uh, maybe it's even a little bit of a shame involved yeah, or like I a guilt right. like yeah. to admit that that they they can be the lead. Like I actually have – no, no guilt about that. Uh, I'm aware that it exists in, in many people, but, um, it makes me really excited. Actually, it's one of those things too, that when I see other people, um, uh, essentially be able to accept a compliment about themselves, be able to see themselves as valuable. It gets me so excited. Like I would literally, um, if I give someone a compliment and they look at me and they say, thank you, 
I actually get like, yes, like I had this moment of like, that was so awesome, especially if I know the person and I know that they struggle a little bit, you know, and, and I, I give them an encouragement and they say, hey, thanks. Oh, I get so excited just to see them, to see uh, themselves uh, level yeah. up. Yeah, and, and, I think and that's, that's, that's what it's about. It's it's sometimes step by step. Uh, we've seen it, yes. you know, in Australia. We've got some great Australian photographers, and I I I, uh, I call Sue Bryce Australian. A lot. She's from New Zealand. Uh, we'll claim her um, <laughs> because when Sue Bryce um, came over from New Zealand to Australia, I put on three seminars for her. Facilitate facilitated the seminars. And I, I remember them well, and I knew that this this woman had something uh, incredible, uh, a presence that I've never felt before. Um, you just stand in awe watching her, and you're spellbound. That's why I felt anyway. So there was no doubt that uh, Sue was going to go on and conquer the world, which obviously she has. But uh, why her? What? Why did she do it? And where are the new leaders? That's what I'm excited about. Where are the new leaders? Where are the new Sue Bryce's? Where are the new Kelly Browns? Where are the new? That's what they're out there. I want to see them start emerging and start forging themselves. You know, in this industry, and it could be someone listening to this show. You know, that grabs the inspiration, said, "Yeah, it's going to be me." And go for it. Yeah. It's all out there. And the other thing I find that, and we were talking about hot photographers holding themselves back, it's they keep too small the community in the head. They don't think worldwide. They don't think outside of their own town. They won't travel to go and meet a photographer. You can meet any photographer you like in the world just by emailing, say, hi. I'd like to come and have coffee with you. I'd like to buy you lunch. When's a good day? And you could fly and see them and see what they've got. They'll show you the studio. They'll probably spend two hours with you. We like that. We 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 give. You know, we enjoy meeting other photographers. So, but uh, most photographers they have a small town mentality. You've got to break open from that and start to look. I mean, I've got a connection with Asia as well because my son lives in Singapore, so I go to Singapore often. And and uh, the Asian photography is amazing. I, I've got uh, a very good friend there, Jeff Boone, who, who just dominates there. He does seminars. He lives the life. He, he just does seminars every week. He's on a plane all the time. And I flew Jeff over to Australia and facilitated a seminar with him, and it was mind-blowing. The guy's a magician, you know. So you've got to look outside of of your own town a little bit. Get get rid of that small-town mentality. Otherwise, you'll live in the small town. The mate I was talking about lived in a small town outside of Sydney. He moved from that small town to the big town. And then that wasn't big enough. He wanted the world. So he came to USA and had a look, where shall I go? Shall I open a studio in New York, San Francisco, or anywhere else? So he came here two months, had a look around, decided, decided on San Francisco, and came and opened his studio. Within four years, four years, he'd built that studio up to a million-dollar business in four years from nothing. So it can be done. You know what I mean? Guys, that it can be done. Come on, get on. 
<laughs> I love your perspective, Bernie. I, I, I heard love something yesterday that I got excited about. It said, step onto the field of play. You know, don't just keep watching this game. Get in there. Get on the field of play and get and dominate it. You know, be the best. Yeah. Go, go for it. It's yep. all yours. You've only got to go and get it. It's not going to come to you. No one's going to knock on your door and say, I want you to be the most famous photographer in the world. You've got to go and knock on a lot of doors and you get there. That's the exciting thing. I'm so excited. For, for people starting off, there are more possibilities today than there ever been. It's a lot easier today. Why? Because less people are trying to be the top. There are less people. But there are thousands more but there seems to be a lot less who want to really push the boundaries and go for it big time. So I think it's a lot easier. Yeah. Not, not harder. Mm. (laughs) Especially with our, with our, uh, with just our connectedness, the the connectedness that we have. There's just so many doors now that are open. Bernie, I absolutely love this. I look, I'm going to, we're going to hang up and I'm going to keep talking to you. I just yeah. wanted you to know that. Uh, and I know everyone who's listening is like, no, no <laughs> I just, I need that. I want to yeah. have a conversation with you, man. I, yeah. I would love to talk with you about mentoring uh, and, and actually, uh, begin yeah. a conversation about that. Yeah. Um, you guys, I hope that you took so much away from Bernie, like starting on the right foot. And I guess starting with the right mindset, like starting out as a five-star photographer, you can do it. There is such an ability. The pr- I love the conversation we had about the process. You guys go check out um, the E-Myth Revisited. Mm. I, I think it's an amazing book that'll begin to set your mind in the right place. And on that note, look, if you if you are a photographer, maybe just go d- just check out Bernie's book itself. I, I imagine that he's going to be touching on a lot of this stuff directly in his books, The Sex Se- Success Secrets of a Professional Photographer. Um, maybe that's the ticket for you guys. Bernie, can I ask you a question? Where can people find you? If they're like me right now and they're feeling amped, and they want to yeah. actually connect with you, uh, inquire about yeah. your, your book, inquire about a mentoring session, inquire about a seminar. Where can people yeah, reach well, out and find uh, you? It's all pretty easy. The secrets, sorry, the success secrets of a professional photographer, uh, subtitle Turn Around Your Photography Business and Create a Better Life, is available on Amazon. They only have to search for that. And my website is easy. It's just berniegriffiths.com. I love it. Bernie, thank you so much for being here. You have an energy and a passion and a wisdom that I think is rare. And, uh, and it makes a lot of sense, um, why, uh, and how you got to where you are. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Podcast listeners, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I want to invite you to check out Heart to Heart on YouTube. On each episode of Heart to Heart, I take a question from you guys, the community, and I offer you my perspective. The things that we have learned, the things that we have seen, the things that we've tested, that we've learned, that we've tried, that we've failed, that we've overcome uh, in our journey uh, as a wedding photography studio, having five full-time photographers photographing weddings all over the world, uh, really enjoying, man, enjoying so much what we do. And so please check out Heart to Heart on YouTube. Subscribe, ring that bell, comment down below. What are some other questions that you would like answered on Heart to Heart, H-A-R-T to H-E-A-R-T. We will see you guys on YouTube or at the very least the next episode of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. Thanks, everybody.